How you doing? Good, good. My name is Adam. I'm the founding and lead pastor of Blueprint Church in Nashville, Tennessee. We are launching as a non-denominational church this fall, September 2018. So if this is your first time here today, I'm not the normal guy. You actually saw him. Uh, pastor Greg is the lead pastor here at Union Chapel. And if you just stumbled in, you made it through the ice in the parking lot, let me tell you, you actually have found a great church. You should definitely get some info before you come uh, leave today so you can come back next week. Check this place out. It is an amazing place to call home. And if you uh, are not a first-time guest, a new visitor, you already know that. You're a part of the church here. You get to be a part of an amazing church here. You guys, I just want to remind you, because sometimes I know even if you're a part of something great, if you're in it all the time, you can get really familiar, you know, and it just seems normal. There's a lot of things you guys got going on that's not normal, and it's not commonplace to see God move in a place like he is here. So you guys are really part of an amazing church here at Union Chapel, and I am so honored and blessed to be here today. And also, the, the people I've been welcomed by, the team here, I've been so impressed. Uh, you guys have an outstanding lead pastor. Could we actually just give it up for Pastor Greg right now and for Beth? <laughs> awesome people. And uh, personally, I just want to thank a few more people that have uh, made my time here already so, so great. Uh, Robin Wood, he's here in the building today. Robin is my personal church planting coach, and he actually coaches all of the people that uh, you guys are partnering with that are planting churches all over the place. Uh, Candace Ford is in the building too. She's made all the details for my weekend here all smooth and made it enjoyable. And I appreciate that so much. Also, we have Bobby Bennett, uh, who put together that video as I came up on stage. Uh, it's easier to come on, on stage like after somebody makes something awesome, you know, like you walk up here, you feel good. Uh, so thanks, Bobby. And also, Josh, uh, he put together all the slides. He's in the back today. He put together everything you're going to see as we're hanging out and talking today. So uh, lastly, just to you guys as a whole, to Union Chapel, thank you for just being amazing. The, the vision that you have here and your generosity is impacting not only Muncie, but truly the world. So thank you guys so much. Again, my name is Adam. I'm the founding pastor of Blueprint, Blueprint Church. That's bad when you can't say your own church's name, right? Blueprint Church in Nashville, Tennessee. And again, we're launching in September of this year. I'm actually born and raised in Kentucky. You can probably tell from the way I talk. Uh, the accent and how slow I speak. Uh, that's where I'm from, born and raised. I am happily married. My wife's name is Chelsea. We have two kids. We have a little girl named Amaris who's two years old, and we have a little boy named August. He's 11 weeks old, so he's really new. Uh, we got a picture of them. Our family will be showing up behind us. So that's us at Christmas. It's like the only time we could get everybody to sit still long enough for one picture. So it's not like my greatest picture of my family, but that's all of us. That was, that was August at like four weeks old right there. Again, he's 11 weeks now. He's already 15 pounds. He's huge. He eats and sleeps and uh, sleeps most of the time. The other night I actually told somebody we got to actually have a full eight-hour sleep. Oh my gosh, if anybody has kids in the room, you understand like that's a blessing. So if you, if you have kids, you know how great it is. If you don't yet, hey, enjoy that time because there's no going back. All the parents in the room said, amen, that's the truth. So we love being parents. Uh, we love love. Like Chelsea and I are in love. Like we're one of those couples, um, the couples that 
back when like made me sick because <laughs> uh, I was just jealous because I didn't have it yet. Like we love love, we love marriage. Uh, there's one more picture of us, just the two of us. You know, that's how it started out before the kids were in the picture. And it was just Chelsea and I. We have one of those storybook romances, uh, one of those fairy tale things. Uh, a long time before I met her, I was in my early 20s. Uh, and I'd made my mind up. I was done with the dating game. I was so tired of just relationship not working after broken relationship. And I was like, Lord, I am ready for my wife. I'm done with this and all the brokenness that comes with it. I don't want it anymore. Send me my wife. Of course, it didn't like drop out of the sky the same day, unfortunately. And I went on this kind of journey with the Lord to get myself ready to be the kind of man that Whenever I met the woman of my dreams, she'd actually want to be with me, you know? So I started doing some things different and getting myself together. Went on this journey and fast forward a few years, I'm now 28 years old, I'm single, I'm the worship pastor in a church plant. And I'm leading worship one morning there on stage, I'm playing guitar, singing, everything's awesome, we're worshiping Jesus. And in the back of the room walks this girl I'd never seen before. And I was like, hmm. I'm going to have to check that out. So I was like, okay, get my mind back in the right place. Um, all right, we're just going to worship, you know, I'll, I'll check that out later. Well, at the, around the same time, that same girl looks up, sees me. She's like, hmm, he's cute. And then her very next thought I found out later was, oh, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to think that. I'm here for you, not for boys. I'm going to get my mind back in the right place. So she goes and sits down. You know, I, I make a note of where she's at. I'm like, okay, I got to talk to her after the service. So everything's awesome in church. And I'm trying to find her after the church service because I'm like, man, I hope she hadn't left yet. I've never seen this girl before. I don't know if I'll ever see her again. And I've also got going through my mind. Uh, at the time, my pastor, our lead pastor there, had four single sons. And I was like, I don't know if this is anything like where you've been before, but where I was at, those sons, like, tried to go find the girl before anybody else could. So I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to beat them there. I hope they haven't found her yet. So I'm trying to find her. I'm like, where is she at? So finally I see her. I'm like, all right, I can go get up my courage. I can go introduce myself to her because I really want to meet this girl. And, um, and then I see, like, there's all these other girls around her. She had brought four other friends that day that had come from out of town, all to be there in this church service for that one day. So I'll go to talk to her. And how many of you know, if you want to talk to the one you actually want to talk to, you got to talk to all the friends first. So I go through all the friends, finally introduce myself to her. And uh, it was like fireworks, you know, you know, birds singing, you know, magical moment. There were giggles. It was just one of those things and everybody around could see what was going on. It was like something's going on here. So we talk, you know, we're having a good time. And she says, Hey, the pastor's sons invited us to go to lunch with them after church. And I was like, of course they did. I was like, okay, uh, Oh, that's great. She said, would you like to come with us? And then I get excited. And then I'm like, oh, I already promised somebody it's their birthday. Like literally just said I would go with this person and a group of people. It's their birthday and I cannot back out on them. Like I really want to go, but I can't. Like, I'm sorry. She's like, oh, I understand. So they all left and they get out the door and I'm like, oh crap. I didn't get her number. 
And this is the first time I've seen her. So now all this stuff's going through my head. Like, how am I ever going to find this girl again? She's from out of town. It's the first time I met her. Now she's hanging out with the pastor's kids. Like, what's going to happen here? Like, I've got to find this girl. So I did what any self-respecting man would do. I Facebook stalked her. So I tracked her down, added her as a friend, sent her a little personal message. You know, we start messaging back and forth. And just in those first few days, it turned from messaging into actually getting her number, texting her. Now we're calling each other on the phone. And from the very get-go, we're asking each other questions like, hey, what are you passionate about? What do you believe? What do you want to do with your life? See, before I'd ever met Chelsea, I'd gone through this process and I was like, I want to do some things different. Like, I've experienced brokenness. I've experienced all the things that come along with relationships that are empty. And I don't want to do that again. So I'm going to do some things different. And in that process, I even believe, and this is a story for another time, that I could show you biblically how, it's, uh, how a man should pursue a woman and not just the other way around. Uh, using the Song of Solomon, we can talk about that another day. But I'd made up my mind, I'm not just going to play these games anymore. I'm tired of these games. Like, I'm going to pursue this woman that I want to be my wife whenever I meet her. So we're talking about these things and we get straight to the point, you know, and I say, hey, would you want to come back up here uh, for our midweek service? Would you make the drive? Uh, so I convinced her to drive up. So she's sitting there in our midweek service. I'm leading worship again. This time I get to sit beside her after, um, after the worship and music sets over. So, you know, it's good for me because I can fend off all those other guys and be like, get back. You know, get off my girl. So it's not, not for you. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. We're enjoying just being each other's presence, you know. So after the service, we're talking. Everything's just great. It's like one of these things, you know. I'm starting, starting to have that thought in my head like, man, this could be her. Like, this could be it, you know. And I can tell she's digging me too, you know. So we didn't want it to end. So we even, at, before the night was over, we go out to her car. We're sitting in her car. We talk for another hour and a half in her car. And she's telling me all these things about her life and what she's about. And she says, you know, if, if this ever goes anywhere, you need to know this about me. Um, I've already made up my mind because I've already had some bad relationships. I've been through some stuff. I'm not even going to kiss another guy until I'm married. And I was like, well, okay. All right, I'll make that note. Like gave her a high five, you know. Good job. I can honor that. So, um, so I was like, this girl's legit. Like she's actually making up her mind to... to do things a certain way, and I can respect that. I was like, I, I, like, I got to tell her. I got to tell her my intentions. I, gotta, I just got to tell her. So I get my strength up, and I, and I turn to her right before she leaves. I look her straight in the eye, and I say, I'm the man, and you're the woman, and I will pursue you. And she just melts. <laughs> Blush, red face, man. She couldn't even talk. <laughs> it was like one of those, like, mm, one of those fairy tale moments, you know, and I find out later she's calling her mom on the way home saying, I think I'm my husband. Like he could be the one, you know, and little did I know, even though I thought that could maybe be the case, little did I know she would actually turn out to be everything I'd been hoping and praying for and waiting for, for years. And little did I know I would actually meet every bullet point on her list. She had prepared years before she ever knew me that she said, whoever my husband is, he's going to live up to all these things. And little did I even know from the time she was a little girl, she had told her mom, I want to be in a crowd and I want the person that's on the stage, I want to be playing a guitar and pick me out of a crowd and be the only person that he sees. So, you know, 
the happily ever after is we actually got married. Our first kiss was in front of everybody right there on our wedding day. It was amazing. Now, I'm not saying that you have to not kiss somebody until you're married if you're looking. I'm not saying you have to do that. I cannot back that up biblically at all. That's just what she had decided to do, and I honored it. And I think God blessed our relationship because of it. But we just have one of these fairy tale romances. And if you're waiting, just as a side note, like I want to tell you, God's still into love stories. He's written ours. He actually wrote the greatest love story ever. It's about his son, Jesus and his love affair with you. So if he can handle that, I think he can handle your love life. So be encouraged today. But I want to say that the, the things God's done through our relationship is because we, we decided to do things a certain way, I think, and set things up right. So when I, you know, I first met her, I wasn't saying, like, what are you watching on Netflix? You know, like, what's your favorite color? Like, that's not how we started out. It was... Hey, what are you passionate about? What, what do you believe? What do you want to do with your life? You know, and when I knew I wanted to go after her, I said, hey, I'm the man, you're the woman, I'm going to pursue you. I got straight to the point. And that's what I want to do with you today. I want to get straight to the point. I'm here today because God has placed it in my heart to plant a world-changing church. One where thousands of people come to know Christ. One where thousands of people grow in their relationship with Christ. And one where thousands are equipped to actually be able to go and share the hope that they have in Christ. Now already, I know some of you in the room are thinking, hey, why do we need a new church to do that? Why can't we do it through an established church? Don't we have enough churches already? And hey, I want you to know, I hear you because I get it. I used to think the exact same thing. But here's the reality. More people come to know Jesus through the launch of a local church than through any other means. The numbers say that once a church is 15 years old, and this is any church in America, this is Baptist, Methodist, non-denominational across the board. Once a church is 15 years old, from that point forward, that church's growth, from there forward, 90% of it will come through transfer membership. That's people who know Jesus, believe in him, disciples of Christ, deciding, hey, I want to go to this particular church instead of this one, okay? 90%. But before you're 15 years old as a church, 60 to 80% of your growth comes through people knowing and making a decision for Jesus for the first time and the unchurched coming back. So what this means in simple terms is people who are far from God are extremely more likely to check out something that's new than an established church. That's why the vision of this house is so compelling. You guys get it. Pastor Greg gets it. While you're going to continue to reach out in Muncie and reach as many people as you possibly can, some of the most effective work that you can do is outside of the borders of this city. Nashville, Tennessee, 700,000 people. Two million people in the greater metro population. And there's 100 new people a day. That's a lot of people. So you say, why, why is church planning important? It's because people, and God loves people. And a lot of these people in Nashville, they don't know Christ, and a large majority of them have no connection with any local church. And these are real people with real lives, with real issues, with real questions about why they even exist. And these people 
A lot of them are open to the idea of faith and spirituality, but they don't know what they believe. Some of them have never even heard the gospel preached. Some of them grew up in the church, but they got hurt. Never been back since. Some of them claim Christianity, but they say that because maybe their grandmother went to church and she's a solid Christian and it's just what I say, but they have no real relationship with Jesus. And some of them are actually interested in getting involved in the church, but they're absolutely terrified to walk in a building where they think everybody else has known each other for 30 years. Enter the local church. Enter Blueprint Church. People will give us a chance that are not willing to walk in the door of any established church in that city. And they'll come in, maybe not even knowing that there's a God who created them and that loves them. Maybe not knowing their purpose on earth, but they're going to hear the gospel preached and have the opportunity to discover the blueprint that God has for their life. And that's what we're about at Blueprint Church. It's people coming to know God, growing in the relationship with God, and then going to share the hope that they have. We're following the really simple kingdom blueprint that Jesus laid out for kingdom growth. It's know, grow, and go. The first is know. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus says these words, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The whole reason we get baptized is because we've made the decision that, hey, Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior now, and I've made this decision in my heart, and I want to show everybody else that I'm identifying with him as my Savior. And that's the first and most important question is, do you know Jesus? That is the priority at Blueprint Church leading the lost into a relationship so they can know God. Secondly, it's the verse right after that. Jesus keeps speaking and he says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. Obeying, how many people know obeying is not always simple and easy all the time, right? But you shouldn't look like the same person you were 15 years ago when you gave your life to Jesus. That's that growing part. That's that discipleship piece is, yes, we're introducing people to God. We're going to get people saved by the droves. I'm believing God's going to do that, but we're not leaving them there. We're introducing them to Jesus and then saying, hey, this is how you can grow in your walk with him. What's it look to become more like Jesus? What's it look like to do that? We can do that through small groups and these discipleship processes, and we keep knowing God and we keep growing in him. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That's the part where we go. Because now once that I know Christ, once I'm growing in him, it's not all just about me anymore. It's about sharing what I have and the hope that I have in Jesus with everybody around me. So that as I go throughout my normal everyday life, I can share this joy, this hope, this peace I found in Jesus. So we're going to know God, we're going to grow in him, and we're going to go and tell other people about him. It's really that simple. If it doesn't fit into no grow and go, we're not doing it. Now, here's the audacious part of our vision. Everything that we're doing, we're doing in a huge way from day one. For years, I have prayed for influence. I've prayed to God and said, God, just give me more influence. Lord, give me more influence. Lord, give me more people to influence. 
See, for me, it's really simple. I want to influence as many people as possible for the kingdom of God. That's it. So as I've prayed this, I've seen the Lord do it. And everywhere we've gone, we've gained more influence and gained more influence. And that's what we're trying to do to reach as many people as possible by planting and launching as big as possible because I know we can reach more people more quickly. Now, as a caveat, I want to say this because I don't want you to misunderstand my heart. I have nothing against small churches. I grew up in a small church. My parents still go to a small church. I have great relationships with the people that are in that church to this day. But my heart beats for the masses because every single number represents a soul. That is a person that needs to know and have a relationship with Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And it's really that desire for influence that drew me to Robin Wood initially. Again, Robin Wood is church planting guru. I mean, I don't know if you know this about this guy that's in your midst that helps plant these uh, or help train these planters uh, like myself that are doing this all over the country. But over the past 15 years, Robin has identified and trained 84 different church planters that have launched 84 different churches and 82 of them are successful. That's amazing. Yes, that's worth clapping for. It's amazing. And it's, and it's what's got, and Robert would say as much, it's not him, it's what God's doing through him. It's something that God's given him for saying, hey, this is the kind of person you're looking for with these mix of gifts and spiritual gifts and personality things. Like he takes you through this process. And initially I'm drawn to him because I find out not only his success rate, but he trains you to launch with between two and 300 people on your first Sunday. Two to 300 people. That's bigger than most churches. That's, that's huge. So I'm like, okay, you're speaking my language. You know, like I'm interested in talking to you. So I get introduced to him. And the first real conversation I have with Robin, I say, Robin, hey, um, I've kind of heard about you. I want you to know two things about me up front just so we can get this out in the open. Number one, I know we're being called and led to Nashville, Tennessee. Number two, every time I think and pray about Nashville, every time I even look at Nashville on a map, I get this impression of the number 800. And God didn't come out of the clouds and say 800 people. Like it didn't, it didn't happen like that for me. But it's this impression and I can't get over it. So if we launch this church in Nashville, Tennessee, I want 800 people. He just kind of laughed. <laughs> he said, you know, that's not normal, right, Adam? I said, yeah, I, I get it. But until you convince me otherwise, that's our goal. He said, okay. So he takes me through his assessment process to see if, you know, my gift mix and all this stuff is going to line up to somebody who projects like they can launch a church and be a part of his system. So he's taken me through this and in the process, um, introduced to Pastor Greg and get to share with him a little bit of my heart our vision, how we want to do things. So Robin, you know, says, hey, uh, Pastor Greg, like Adam's going through this process. Like he's assessing really well, but you know, you've met him now. You've heard his vision. Like, have you told this guy he's crazy yet? And Pastor Greg says, no, I haven't. Have, have you? And Robin says, no. So I keep going through this thing. And finally, Robin comes back to me and he says, Adam, I'm going to be really straight with you. When people talk like you talk, with the vision that you have, and it sounds like the ambition that you have, we tell people they're nuts and we don't work with them because we think they're out of touch with reality. But for some reason, everything that you're saying resonates with us. 
And we think the Holy Spirit's doing something here. And we think maybe God's even doing something bigger than we've ever even seen to this point. So we're all in and we're supporting you. So our goal and our vision is to launch with 800 people. And we have a plan to actually see it happen. First and foremost, prayer. We are praying at the start of this, in the middle, at the end. We're praying because we know that God's going to have to do this. At the end of the day, we have a great plan. But at the end of the day, God has to bring the increase. So we are praying. We're saying, Lord, bring the influence, bring the favor that we're going to need. Line us up with the people that we're going to need to connect with to actually launch this thing in a big way. Bring the finances, bring relationships. God, it all comes from you. So we're praying like crazy <laughs> for God to move and do something that's absolutely unique. Secondly, Union Chapel. You guys are a huge part of this plan actually happening so that we can launch as large as we're launching. Not only do we have accountability through you guys from the very start, but we also have financial backing. You guys have not only just given us a loan to help us get off the ground large, you've actually gifted us large dollars to help us launch large to reach more people quickly. And that is so huge to us. So from me and my family and the team at Blueprint, I just want to say thank you. You guys have been so generous already. And from the bottom of our heart, it's a huge deal, huge deal. And I also want to say, not only on behalf of us, because we're appreciative, but there are going to be numerous, numerous people in and around Nashville. They're going to hear the gospel because you've been generous. And they're going to have their eternities changed because you've chosen to look outside of here. You may never know their names. You may never meet them. But their eternity is going to be changed because of what you've done. So thank you so much on behalf of them that I don't even know who they are yet. So thank you. The third part of this plan to launch big with 800 people, it's Robin Wood. I've mentioned him a little bit about Robin to you. Hey, Robin's a different cat. He's a different guy, man. But he's one of these people, sometimes you meet people and you're like, God just works in their life and I don't even understand it. Like he's one of these people. God just works in and through him. We have his insight, his history and experience with church lion, his, his influence, his input as we're going along this. He's a huge part of this, having him involved. It's a big blessing to us at Blueprint as we're going along this process. Fourth, we're creating and building a massive launch team. So a launch team is literally people that volunteer and say, hey, I want to be a part of what you're doing. And the way this grows, it's really simple. It's organically. It's having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people we meet on the ground in Nashville. Say, hey, what's your name? Oh, I'm Adam. Hey, what's your name? Cool. Why'd you move here? Oh, we're planting a church. Planting a church? What, what's that? Like, what's that look like? How's that work? And you'd be amazed how many people are interested in doing something that's different and new and actually reaches new people. People are already getting on board and it's organic because once we tell these people, they come, we have these interest meetings where for the next six months leading up to our launch, more and more people come. We share the vision and people get involved and then they bring more people and then they bring more people and they bring more people. It's organic growth and it's people, some of them Christians, some of them have been hurt and aren't in church anywhere anymore. Some not Christians, they get saved in the process of launching a new church. It's a really beautiful thing. And this launch team just grows and grows and grows so we can launch large on day one. 
The fifth thing we're doing is we're advertising like crazy. I mean, we're putting dollars towards advertising. I'm talking Google ads and social media. I'm talking direct mailers. I'm talking billboards, radio, TV, anything that can get the fact that there's a new church launching in Nashville that's going to be different and reaching lost people, we're into that. You're not going to be able to live in Nashville, Tennessee and not know the Blueprint Church is launching in September. It's going to be huge. The sixth thing we're doing is we're partnering with kingdom-minded churches. And this is a huge part of how we're getting there so fast. When I say we're partnering with kingdom-minded churches, this is what I mean. We're going to people, dozens of pastors in Nashville, and I'm introducing myself and saying, hey, I'm Adam. We're launching Blueprint Church. I'm new in town. I'm not here to steal your people. I'm here to reach the people you're not reaching. Would you help us do it? And these pastors, they know, again, now there's outliers, and I'm glad there's people that are exceptions to the rule, but again, the statistic of once you're 15 years old, 90% of your growth comes through transfer membership, and they know that. They know if they're not reaching new people anymore. They see it. So I say, hey, would you help us reach people you're not reaching? I get it that your church is over here. We're launching all the way across town, 35, 40 minutes away. But there's people that go to your church. There's people that go to your church that will literally drive from where we live. Would you consider for a year letting these people launch with us to help us launch larger? Because you know what happens. These people tell their friends and family to come to church with them. They're not going to drive 40 minutes. They're not going to drive 45 minutes to your church. And you know that because they're not there. But you know what? They might drive five. They might drive 10 to where we're at. Right here. Do you have a handful of people you'd be willing to release for a year, for a season, to help us launch larger? And you know, not every pastor says yes to that. Not everyone. But you know who does? These people who are kingdom-minded, and they've bought in and sold out to a vision that's bigger than just one church, but it's about the church. And these people are saying yes. I was actually part of the last church I was on staff at before we transitioned into church planning full-time. was in Cape Coral, Florida. It's called Cape Christian. Now, that might ring a bell, because Paul Erminger, who was on staff here, for years, just launched his church, Gulfside Church, in Cape Coral, Florida, last fall. And us at Cape Christian, uh, a very large and established church in, in the city where I was on staff, we let him, two months before his launch, come in on a weekend, have the stage, and preach the, all four services of the weekend and cast his vision for Gulfside. And then we went a step beyond that. We said, hey, we know a lot of you here in our church at Cape Christian, man, you're probably being stirred by this vision anyway. We want you to be re released and free to go. And also, you guys who are living really close to where they're launching this church, this is going to be like 25, 30 minutes away from us. We would like you to consider giving Paul a chance. So if you live close to where he's going to be, or if you feel stirred by what he's doing, we say, hey, you're not turning your back on us, but you're actually doing something to reach more people for Christ by helping him launch and reach more people more quickly because we know your neighbors are going to show up where they might not drive here. They're going to go check this out and have an opportunity to hear the gospel. Paul had between 70 and 80 people give him a chance and check him out to be on his launch team because we had this kingdom mindset to say yes to doing something that's bigger than just one local body, but it's about the kingdom. Now we're doing that with dozens of churches in Nashville to launch large, to reach people that are far from Christ. And the last thing we're doing that's kind of out of the box and really not ordinary for church planting 
so that we can launch larger is one really critical thing. We are launching with a full staff in place day one. There's going to be five full-time pastors at least the day we open our church. And that's big. And here's why it matters. The things you can look around and see here, anything from dynamic creative arts to ways to get plugged in, um, small groups, outreach, all of those things that you see offered at a church of this size are going to be offered the first day we open. And that matters because everything we're doing is trying to get people that are far from Christ in our building to have an opportunity to hear the gospel and see the blueprint God has for their lives. So when this person shows up, this lady shows up with her three kids the first day and she's never come to a church before and she walks in and she says, hey, I've never really uh, been in a church. I don't know where to go. Like, what do I do with my kids? Oh, um, we're a new church. It might be like a year or two before we have anything for your kids. Could you just kind of keep them quiet during the service? They ain't coming back. You know, or the empty nest couple that shows up and says, hey, Sunday was awesome. What else can we get involved in? Oh, um, you know, could you give us like 12 to 18 months to kind of get our feet under us before we offer anything, to, you know, help you in your daily life? No, we don't have to say that. We can say, hey, we offer all of these things. What would you like to get involved in? How would you like to plug in? We can do this from day one so that we can actually serve the people that we're expecting to be there and check us out on day one. And not only that, but since we have all of these other full-time pastors, this creates this interesting dynamic that's not normal in church planting. Usually, and there's nothing wrong with this, it's, it's the nature of how this works, the church planter and his family are usually the only people who are full-time devoted to that church plant starting out. And that makes sense. But that means they're the only ones always recruiting people, doing all the stuff, when we have five full-time pastors and their families at minimum, that means that we're all recruiting. Everywhere we go, all over the city, it's all these, hey, this is what our church is about. Hey, this is what's going on. You want to be a part of something new? You want to be a part of something different? And this is happening not with just me now, it's everybody. And we expect exponential growth to come from this. It's an amazing thing because this momentum has already started. We already have people committed to our launch team. We already have people that are praying about moving from different parts of the country to be a part of our launch. We actually already have our first official staff member. And you actually know who she is. Her name is Chrissy Bright. Yeah. She was on staff here for 20 years. And she just so happened to move to Tennessee last year. We got connected, and she is our executive assistant. How about that? The things God puts together. The stories, man, that's just one. I'd be here all day telling you what God's doing if you let me. <laughs> you know, I won't keep you that long. I'm actually just here today to celebrate. I'm celebrating what God's already done and praising him for it, and we're praising him in advance for what we believe he's going to do next. Because we believe it's going to be amazing. And I'm here to just thank you guys again. Because your generosity has already set this up to start so big and reach so many people from the beginning. And I truly believe that when you partner with God, 
you're blessed because of it. So know today that you're blessed. And I do think for some of you, God might be doing a little even more than that. And I've already heard the stories because even last night, I talked to this guy, first guy I talked to, he came up and he said, man, I wrote down this note in my phone. He pulled out his phone, he's like trying to find it. He's like, I wrote this down years ago and I was praying about what it meant. God's never told me, but it was important enough to write down. He's like, I wrote down blueprint and I don't know what it means. And he's like, I just wrote it down on some random day and he finally pulls it up. And I was like, well, that day means something to me. It was October 17th, 2015. I was like, that's the day my daughter was born. Like, God just told you blueprint? Like, that's different. And then I talked to another person and long story short, this person says, I want to be in Nashville and be a part of what you're doing. So I don't even know if this person knows this yet, but I heard through the grapevine a little bit more of the story. He called home as he was driving home and he calls his mom and says, I think I'm moving to Nashville. And his mom says, I already know, God told me. <laughs> I don't know what God's doing in you right now, but here's what I wanna submit to you. If something's stirring in you, I wanna submit that that's not just a feeling, it's not just an emotion, but maybe God's doing something in you. I don't know what's going on, but I, you can pray about it. Would you spend some time in prayer? Maybe God's breaking your heart for the lost. Maybe he's leading you to be a part of our launch. Maybe he's leading you to be a part of this thing in Nashville and partner with us. Would you pray about it? Now, I want to warn you, <laughs> it's a kind of dangerous thing to pray. So don't pray about it unless you're really ready to be obedient because God's moving people from all over the country to move to Nashville right now. But if he's doing something, I don't want you to ignore it. I would love to talk to you afterwards. I would love you to check out our site, blueprintchurch.tv. You can find out more of what we're doing and how we're doing it. And there's gonna be more information for you here at Union Chapel as we get closer to our launch to stay involved with what we're doing as we begin to do it. But I will say this, I've been blessed in my life to be a part of some really God-sized things. I've, I've already been a part of two successful church plants. I've launched and led a worship school. I've been on staff at a mega church. Like God's just done some things in my life that's a, really a privilege to be a part of, some God-sized vision things. But we have never walked and experienced the kind of thing that God's doing right now. So as for me and my family, we've chosen to embrace faith over security, changing the world over merely existing in it. And maybe God's leading you to do the same thing.